I don't get it. 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 Good morning and welcome to episode 340 of Effectively Wild with a daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus. I'm Sam Miller with Ben Lindbergh. Ben, what do you have to wake up uh, early in the morning for? I have to go on TV to talk about transactions. Uh, didn't Did you do that yesterday too? Today? I did. Wow. It's a lot of TV. It is. And it's it disrupts my usual schedule of staying up all night, um, which is a problem for, for writing. Uh-huh. All right. So uh, they'll probably ask you about uh, the Doug Fister trade, don't you think? They probably will. Well, let's consider this a dry run. <laughs> okay. Um, so... Uh, this is the most probably universal response to a move since uh, the James Shields trade, mm-hmm. I would think. Uh, it's not quite as universal as the James Shields trade. I think we're at a point now where uh, the knee-jerk contrarianism of which uh, I think probably you and I find ourselves in sometimes uh, will prevent anything from ever being as universal as the James Shields deal. Um, it's sort of like how like Willie Mays didn't get elected into the Hall of Fame unanimously, and so now there's like a handful of guys who will refuse to vote anyone in because if Willie Mays couldn't be voted mm-hmm. in unanimously, then then they certainly can't be. We are that. We are the <laughs> we are the jerks who will take the wrong side on things um, just uh, just because. But um, I uh, I feel confident saying this is a pretty uh, odd trade, I guess it's a, it's a, it's not the trade I was expecting to hear. Um, no. it's not the return I would have expected for Fister. I wouldn't have expected Fister to be moved unless it was for something really good. Uh, and you have to wonder how this fell into the nationals laps. Is there another way of looking at this besides that? I don't know. I'm, I'm trying. I haven't written about it yet. I have to write about it after we finish recording. And I, I'd like to, come up with a, a take that is not the same as everyone else's take, but I'm struggling. Um, and and Dave Dombrowski has such a great record of trades that yeah. that I want to find the, the hidden genius here uh, because he has proved time and time again that when he makes trades with other teams, usually the, the Tigers get the best of it. Um, yeah. But I, it's, it's tough to see that happening this time. I... I I certainly would have expected Fister to to command much more than than what I mean what Detroit got and and we should probably we should probably say what the trade is we never say yeah. what the transaction that we talk about is so we should do that right so it, so it's Doug Fister who has two years of team control left going to the Nationals in exchange for Steve Lombard Dozy there's always there's a vowel I always <laughs> yeah it goes Lom- on Lombard- much too long. Lombardozy? It's not Lombard. Yes. It's Lombardozy. It is. Uh, and uh, Ian Kroll, who is a reliever, and um, Robbie Ray, who is a left-handed starting pitching prospect, who uh, was in Double A this year as well as High A this year. Uh, Lombardozy, who I, I still want to say Lombardizi, which isn't a, a name. Uh, Lombardozy uh, is a utility guy. Uh, plays some infield, plays some outfield, and doesn't hit. Mm-hmm. Does that sum it up? Yeah, and and Robbie Ray is not a he's not a top of the rotation projected starter or anything. He's no, he's a he was like a, a what like a twelfth round pick or something like that three years ago, 
and uh, hasn't been on a top 100 yet. I don't know if he will be think this offseason, but it doesn't seem like he will be. And uh, I think Jason said that he would have been around number five on the national system, mm-hmm. uh, in the national system, and, and number two in a uh, in a Tiger system that is uh, in contention for the worst in baseball. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's not like... I mean, there's a reason that nobody's, um, you know, freaking out about trading a young player for two years of a veteran like they did last year, right? Mm-hmm. This is a different kind of a prospect. Um, yes. Ben Badler, Ben Badler might have had the um, the definitive analysis of this when he said that last year the Rays, uh, last year the Royals traded, uh, you know, got two years of James Shields and they traded Will Myers. This year the mm, Tigers trade two years of Doug Fister and they get Robbie Ray. Right. Um, and you I could mean, play that game with a lot of recent trades. You could talk about the, the return in the Mets got for R.A. Dickey, or, or you could talk about the Matt Garza deal. Just all of these trades for pitchers who are no better than Fister, maybe worse than Fister, and have less control than, you know, fewer years of team control than Fister. And I mean, they, you could just you could look at the Scott Casimir signing that was done today. I mean, Ka- Scott Casimir signed a two-year deal, and uh, so the market priced him at twenty-two million dollars for two years. Fister is just so far beyond Scott Casimir as a pitcher. I think. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it feels fair to say that this is like a there's a twenty million dollar difference at least over two years between those two guys in mm-hmm. my mind, mm-hmm. and there's no way that Robbie Ray is twenty million dollars worth of surplus value. Yeah. No. Um, is a replacement level utility guy so far in his career. He might be slightly better than that, but he's you know he's he's not a he's not a starter um, by any means. Mm-hmm. Right, and you right. So a utility guy, a, a seventh inning reliever, and a back end starter maybe is is what they seem to have gotten, unless they have some unless they have you know scouts who are extremely high on these guys for some reason and are right where everyone else is wrong that that seems to be the return here um it's i mean you can sort of see why they wanted to make a move to trade a starting pitcher if they think that that drew smiley can start that he's being wasted or underutilized in the bullpen and they wanted to clear his space for him uh, and maybe save a, a little bit of money in the process to go after Shinsu Chu or someone else. Um, but even even if you accept that they should have traded Fister, which is kind of a leap in itself, it it seems like they just could have gotten more from someone. I mean, there's just it, it seems like there's no way that the other 28 teams that among those 28 teams, there wouldn't have been one that would have given a, a greater return than this. I don't know if there was just some pressing reason why it had to be made immediately, but, I mean, there's no way, right, that you couldn't find someone. Okay. Yeah, so, okay, so now here's where we have to start taking the other side because anytime I find myself making that argument, I have to. I, I, I feel like I have to stop. That's such an arrogant thing to say from where we are. To, I mean, it's it's absolutely one thing to say that a GM uh, might have done a bad job of evaluating a baseball player, or um, you know that he might have some sort of um, 
blind spot in his assessment of baseball players or that he might have some sort of uh, character flaw like hubris or something that just leads him to do uh, irrational or uh, reckless things, right? I mean, there are all sorts of ways that, you know, man fails, okay? But the idea that, like, Dom- that Dave Dombrowski is just, like, not, like, working hard enough to, like... <laughs> call another right. team it doesn't make any sense though it doesn't make any sense i mean the i it, it really feels like um like if there's anything that i feel confident well, i get i want to say if there's anything that i should give that we should give general managers the benefit of the doubt it's making phone calls and like you know doing some due diligence right it seems it seems it, 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 it seems unlikely that there's a lot better trades out there that they didn't find in general. But even in the cases where that might be the case, it seems really irresponsible for us to like say it. Like we don't know that. How can we possibly know that? I mean, isn't the isn't aren't we supposed to have some faith in the market that it's rational and that in fact, uh, you know, what a player is traded for represents his real value? <laughs> uh, usually, um. I, I mean, this doesn't this like if if Rick Porcello had been traded for this package, maybe that would have seemed would even would that have seemed like a logical return for him? Do you think? It seems a little light to me, but it even would have made... even for Porcello, right? Well, so that's the thing is that's that's actually what I was thinking is when when I started wondering, well, surely he could have found a team that was willing to give him more. Actually, the option of just offering a lesser pitcher is really the easiest possible thing in the world, right? Right. Presumably he did, didn't he? Like, presumably they suggested Porcello first. Oh, that's pretty arrogant of you to say. I don't know. Um, I mean, there's no reason... Is there any reason in the world why, why he would value Porcello more highly? I mean, he's significantly younger, obviously, but hasn't been anywhere close to as as effective i i don't i, right. I don't and know they're both they're both two years from free agency so age right. at this they're, point doesn't even really matter he could be yeah. 37 or, or 23 it, it, for the next two years age doesn't really matter at all and the and money is not, not that a, different in fact i think porcello is more expensive because he was a super two super so this two, is yeah. his, his third trip through arbitration um so yeah i mean it, it like clearly the tigers think Porcello is an inferior pitcher to Fister. Like they they make that choice every you know right. every fourth day in the playoffs. So uh, so yeah. So that would you'd almost have to assume that that they would have offered Porcello for this package first and been turned down. You'd think that. I mean, you'd think that the like like Fister's going to make less in the next two years than Casimir is. You you'd think that the A's would have been on this. Yes. <laughs> you'd think a lot of teams would be. I mean, you'd think the, well, I guess the Angels, we know that the Angels talked to them, okay? We, like, uh, Alden Gonzalez uh, reported that um, that a week ago they or so they offered Howie Kendrick for Fister and were turned down. Um, and so at least we know that there was dialogue with other teams. This was not just, like, two guys in a, in a bar one night. <laughs> and we also know that this wasn't... Um, a, a quick development. I mean, the trade talks around Fister, although there weren't like a lot of rumors, it's sort of coming out now that trade talks around Fister have been sort of percolating for, you know, over a week. So um, it wasn't like a, 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 a rush job or anything like that. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> so is is that our take? Or are we just gonna throw up our hands? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe Doug Fister is just not liked in Major League Baseball. Maybe um, there's something about him that. I mean, he doesn't throw hard. I, that's the the obvious bias that you could you could speculate about that he's mm. underrated because of that or I, I don't know he's really I don't know it I mean since he since he was traded to to Detroit and even in his his last year with Seattle he's just been extremely effective I mean he's he's thrown innings he's top 200 innings twice he's uh I mean his his defense independent stats are great, even though he's pitching in front of a lousy defense in Detroit. I, there's there just there aren't a lot of weaknesses you can identify. I mean, he's not a he's not a high strikeout guy, and he doesn't throw hard. Um, but I mean, I I don't know. It's hard to really poke any major holes in his game. Yeah. So uh, in the last. Three years, uh, Shields has a 124 ERA plus, and Fister has a 124 ERA plus. Um, and so the, that the, the last three years are Shields' good years. That that does not uh, conveniently rope in his his terrible 2010 season or anything like that. So this is not doing him any 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 uh, disservice. His three good years and Fister's three good years are roughly the same. Now Fister threw 100 fewer innings, so that's significant. 100 yeah. innings of a good pitcher. So it's not necessarily well it's not it's not fair to say that they've been equal pitchers Mm -hmm. but um you know Fister's super good it's sort of odd that I mean it does maybe it's just in in the the um kind of uh airtight uh environment that we're in it feels like Fister reached ace or or like near ace status in the last year like everybody talks about him people like him he's he's gotten to that point where he's like talked about being underrated so often that you just quit thinking he's underrated at all and figure he's appropriately rated i thought he was Um, maybe still a little underrated just purely because of the other pitchers in the rotation with him like if he had been on any other team he would have been mentioned more often but as it was on a team with Verlander and Scherzer and Sanchez, even when people talked about Detroit's playoff rotation and their big three, uh, Fister was often not mentioned um, mm-hmm. when he really deserved to be mentioned alongside those guys or, or not far below them. Um, but yeah, he's he's that kind of quality pitcher. And, and the Nationals rotation looks extremely impressive right now uh Strasburg Gio Gonzalez Jordan Zimmerman and Fister is now and and Detweiler I guess at the end is now it's like the, the Tigers, the of tigers the rotation yeah they're they're now the Tigers rotation um so I mean people were expecting them to to bounce back and be a contending team even if they didn't do anything it, it seemed like and and now that they've done this, uh, that will add more fuel to that fire. So I don't know. Um, I wonder. So let me ask you this: um, Do you think that this uh, makes you reevaluate uh, Robbie Ray? I mean, not reevaluate like you had an opinion about <laughs> yeah, Robbie yeah. Ray this morning. <laughs> but you know, basically, uh, I mean, you look at Robbie Ray, like like you know that people weren't you know talking him up much 
Um, he wasn't a guy considered with the you know who, to have a high ceiling. You look at his numbers. He had a you know he had a good year this year. It was a it was a year where things clicked, and you could definitely can. I mean, if if he were a second round pick or a first round pick, you'd look at this year and say huge things because he um, you know he was pitching. He was young for his level. He pitched across two levels. Um, he struck out ten batters per nine. Um, you know, his, his control isn't, isn't bad. He, you know, he did everything pretty well. Um, you know, he's a, he's left-handed, he's a skinny guy. Maybe he gained 25 pounds, uh, and, you know, added two miles an hour of velocity and he's sort of a stealth prospect. Um, so I guess the, the point I'm getting at is that a year before, and just to make it very clear, the guy that the Tigers got, who is like the centerpiece of their of their trade, had a 6.56 ERA in A ball the year before. Um, and you know he's a like I said he's a he's a low round draft pick. It, nobody was expecting him to click. So um, so do you think that the Tigers kind of vouching for him the way that they apparently have uh, is significant data? Or do you just think that it maybe it's just a GM who, I don't know, either like overreacted to um, something? I don't know. What like does this is yeah, this it, is this is this a big is this a big thing for his future in your mind? Uh it 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 like it does make me think more highly again of him, again as if I, I had thought of him before. Um Yeah, I mean it's like when a when a team signs a player to an extension uh, instead of letting him hit free agency or something, I I think that's generally a good sign that the, the team that knows him so well uh, wants to keep him around and thinks that he'll age well. And historically, we've seen that that tends to be the case. So, so yes, um, but I don't... I mean, I you know, if he were someone who did make a major change in stuff this season. I'd like to think that some of the, the prospect people would be aware of that, either from from seeing him themselves or talking to people who'd seen them. And it doesn't seem like there was a, a ton of buzz surrounding him. Uh, it, it could just be that the Tigers were on him and no one else was. And I guess the the odds of that are slightly higher than they would have been if this trade hadn't been made. But I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure GMs and scouts do fall in love with certain players sometimes because they happen to see them on a really good day, or maybe they got to know the guy and he's a really good guy. It happens from time to time. I, I, I don't know whether that is the case in this instance, of course, but, um, I'm going to I'm going to give uh, some more pertinent information, um, which I didn't realize. Uh, it's not really fair to say that he was a 12th round pick uh, because he was a $800,000 signing bonus. Mm-hmm. So uh, really, he was like a what is that? Like a second round pick? So uh, yeah. or like late first round pick? So you know, supplemental round pick? So uh, he actually is. He does have some, uh, you know, a little bit of glitz in his background. Mm-hmm. So, so, it, uh, so take back that part. <laughs> okay, I will. Uh, yeah, and I mean, a lefty starter who throws 91 to 94 apparently uh, is, you know, probably pretty valuable, according to Josh Hertzenberg, who's one of our new prospect writers and, and wrote him up for 
for the transaction analysis. He's, again, 91 to 94, simple delivery, curveball changeup guy, repeatable mechanics, but uh, no real devastating pitch, no real, no out pitch, really. Um, so I, I don't know. It sounds like a guy that you'd want to have in your system, especially if your system is as weak as Detroit's is. Uh, but still not quite the guy that you would want to get for Doug Fister. All right. Uh, so who's better right now, Tigers or the Nationals? <laughs> um, probably still the Tigers. And, of course, the offseason's not over, so it would be you know, yeah. unfair to conclude that this is the last thing that they're going to do. I Maybe they, think uh, it's unlikely that it is. Do you? Yeah, sort of. I, I mean, why why make this move if not? Like, uh, are they well, in such dire one, financial straits that they needed three, to? Well, one of three reasons. One okay. is that one is that yeah. I mean, maybe they were over budget. I mean, they, um, you know, they've made some moves. You know, they they've spent money, and maybe their owner said, "Hey, look, I I gave you a long leash, um, but we gotta we gotta get this under control." Um, so yeah, maybe it's just a matter of getting down to a budget um number two uh instead of signing jacob ellsbury or something maybe their plan is to lock up max scherzer to an extension and this is a way of clearing some money for that Mm -hmm. so uh that might be the case even if they're you know they they might still be done for the off season uh but planning on spending the money another way and number three is uh that they have the worst farm system in baseball and that they are uh, more worried about 2016 than 2014 right now. They have been to the ALCS and the World Series recently. They still have a very good team with a great postseason rotation. They should have probably in their mind a fairly clear path still uh, to the to the uh, playoffs next year. Um, and so they're thinking that in a to some degree they can afford to um, you know to to start taking some steps toward the future so that instead of having a three or four year window, they have a two decade window. That could be, we've, we've talked, many people have talked about the window closing and how they're a win now team and guys are going to get old. And, uh, but I don't know. I mean, this, I, I'm, I'd certainly support trying to build for the, the future somehow, but, uh, I don't know if I would sacrifice this much in the, in the short term. No, and, and if that were the case, you'd have to really, really, really love Ray because otherwise there's yeah. no there's no pressure. You could move Fister at the deadline. You could move Fister anytime. So you, there's absolutely no need to make the trade today if you're planning for 2016, unless you somehow have looked at Ray and said he's our guy. He's the fourth best prospect in baseball, and nobody sees it but us. But if nobody sees it but them. Can't well, you, maybe, maybe can't you get teams. him for yeah? Maybe the Nationals, maybe the Nationals teams, and the yeah. Tigers see him like that. No one else does, uh, because otherwise, if they're the the one team in the wilderness that thinks Robbie Ray is a future ace, then they could still get him for Rick Porcello or someone other than Fister and take advantage of that. But yeah, I don't know. Well. We we always try to look for the the bright side of a deal, and usually we find it. Um, so I, I guess it's okay that once in a while we we don't. All right. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. All right, that'll do it. All right. Back tomorrow. See ya.
Okay, now we're recording. Go. <laughs> you can start the idea of the countdown. You always made fun of the countdown, and now you can't live without it. It's too awkward. <laughs> right. Uh, three, two, one. Good morning, and <laughs> welcome to... Uh, see, now I can't start even with the countdown. To another countdown. Can- do another countdown. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Three, two, one.